Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that he has in store for you. Good morning to those who are watching online around the country and around the world. Somebody asked even today, you know, how many people, we, we know that we're, we reach people in 45 different states and I think 10 or 11 countries and things, so welcome to all those who are watching. God bless you guys and welcome to those who are in in the house. And I do want to give a, a special invitation to, to those who are either first time or you've been here for a long, long time, but you maybe even want to see what the next step is or even just get to, to know me a little bit better, me to get to know you a little bit better. But after the second service in the cafe, which is right over there, there will be a, the Taste of Crossroads luncheon, and I really hope you, that, you, that you make it to that. You know, this is the second week in a series that we're doing on exponential prayer. And last week, we, we started out by, by really saying the whole premise of, of the whole thing is, is really this, that we really believe that real people, that's you and I, praying real prayers, just being real with God, can have real power and make a real difference in our life and the lives of other people around. Real people praying real prayers can make a real difference with real, with real power. And something we else we said last, uh, last week is, as well is that, that prayer is the most important thing you could ever do for your own life. It's the best thing you could ever do for your family. It's the best thing you could ever do for your marriage. It's the best thing you could ever do for this church. It's the best thing you could ever do for your country. It's the best thing no matter what. It, it's the thing that can make the biggest difference in your, in your life. And we said this, that, that the, uh, the disciples could have asked Jesus to, to teach them to do anything. Of all the things they could have taught, asked Jesus to teach them to do, they chose one thing, and that's prayer. And why, was, why prayer? It's because they saw, they recognized that prayer was the key in Jesus' life for everything else that he did. That was the key to his, to, to his ministry. That was the key to his relationship with the Father. That was the key to, uh, to his, his miraculous powers. Everything, it keyed, it started with, with prayer. And we also said last week that Satan will do everything he can to keep you away from praying. He will distract you before you pray. He will distract you while you're praying. He, the last thing he wants you to do is to, is to pray. And why is that? It's because when we work, when we just do our thing, uh, he's not afraid of that. He's not intimidated of that. He's not scared of that in any way because he's not afraid of us. But when we pray, then, then God works. And he's extremely intimidated by that. So he's going to do everything he can to keep you from, uh, from praying. And, and also, the, we talked about like the purpose of prayer. We started with that by saying the purpose of prayer is not for us to do something for God. It's not like, you know, God wants me to pray, so I'm going to pray. I guess sigh, I'll do that. And it's not the, just that we ask something from God. Because prayer is more than just getting a shopping list and say, here, God, I need this. Please, please give it to me. It's way more than that. In fact, what really prayer is, it's doing something with God. Prayer, first and foremost, is just hanging out with the fathers, hanging out with God. The, uh, just, uh, the, the, the day before I was preparing this message was my day off, and I spent the whole day hanging out with, with my wife, Sylvia. 
I was hanging out with her. We went to the mall together. Then we went out to eat together. Then we went to, uh, to, to a park together. And I ran for a little long. And then she walked for a little bit. And then we walked together. And, and we didn't talk the whole time. There wasn't like a constant conversation. But we were in constant relationship with each other that at any moment we could converse, right? And there were times that we were, we were eyeball to eyeball with each other. There were other times we were just hanging out with each other. The same thing with afterwards. I called up a friend to watch a ball game with. He came over. And we did what dudes do we just hung out and we weren't talking the whole time sometimes we were watching the game sometimes we were talking about the games a lot of times we were complaining about the refs and we were doing things that you know the guys do there again we weren't talking the whole time but we were in constant relationship with each other while we were there and that's really what God can, you know, wants us to, to do in life. I think that's the, the, the point of prayer. That's the point of why you're created for relationship. That you were created to hang out with God. And that means that, you know, throughout a day, we can just hang out with him. We can be with him. As we're, as we're going to work, we can hang out with him. As we're taking a shower, we can, we can hang out with him. As we're doing chores, as we're preparing, as we're doing homework, as we're at the office, whatever it is, we can, doesn't mean we're going to be talking the whole time, but we can be in that constant relationship to talk some, Listen some, talk some, listen some, but hang out with God the whole day. Another thing that, that prayer really can, can be as well is that it can be giving God our concerns and our burdens. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says this, Come to me all who are weary and burdened. Anybody relate to that? And I will give you rest. And if you're not weary and burdened now, probably sometime this week you will be because that's just what, what life does, or at least this month, or at least this year we will be. So what do we do about it? When we are weary and burdened, which applies to all of us at some time or another, what do we do? He said, come to him. What's the biggest way we can come to Jesus? It's through prayer, right? We come to him in prayer, and he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you rest if you come to me and, and, and pray to me. And the, the, you know, I thought of this, do you, how many of you remember a time where there were no wheels on suitcases? Remember that time way back when? We call it the dark ages now. And I don't know about you, but I, I would put that right along with electric light and indoor plumbing with having, having wheels on, on suitcases. There was also a time not too long ago, you know, that, that you could take just about anything you wanted on an airplane. I remember we'd come back from mission trips and we would actually bring Maasai warrior spears on a plane with us, if you can imagine that. And something that now, that back then, it wasn't just 50 pounds in one piece of luggage. It was two pieces of luggage and 70 pounds you could do. And I don't know how I got all this on, on the airplane at one time, but coming home from college, I had two suitcases weighing both about 70 pounds, a, a guitar in one hand as well. I had a backpack on, and I had a wardrobe thing in my teeth because there was no room for anything else. And I'm walking, walking through the airport trying desperately to find my dad. I am so worn out from this thing. All this stuff weighed way more than I did, and I'm just going, I'm, I'm just going under the weight of, of all this. And finally, I see my dad, and I, you know, I forgot that I had you know, all this in my mouth, and I'm going, oh, oh as he's going by and I finally yelled dad dad I dropped it and yelled dad and I want you to hear this a lot of times when you hear that we're just going to be talking about prayer some people in here some people listening may be going that's all I need is one more thing to do in this world I mean I'm already so burdened I'm already so much to do but taking care of everything at home and at work and and everything at school everything I already have so much you're now telling me to put one thing more on my plate and what I want you to know is crying out to my dad at that time didn't, didn't give me one more burden. It lessened my burden. 
In the same way, crying out to our Father, calling to, to God, it's one thing to, to release the burden. In fact, God says this, do not be anxious about anything. Think of that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And here's what's going to happen. If we do that, if we go to God, give him our anxiety, and uh, he said he's going to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It's the great exchange. What we do is we exchange all we are and we get all of him. So we exchange, we, we give him all our anxiety and we receive his peace. We give him all of our problems and we get his answers. We do our, our situation and we get his blessings. We give him our, our weakness and we get his strength. We give him our sin and we get his forgiveness. It's the greatest exchange there is. I mean, who, who doesn't want to get in on, on this thing? And the Bible says this too in, in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. It doesn't just say cast all your anxieties. It's saying the whole thing. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And the word there in the Greek for cast, it literally means to throw. It means you got it here and you throw it. Give it to, give it to him. And the thought uh, I was thinking of this was one time uh, I worked at a camp in Colorado up in the mountains for, for a couple of years. And we would do a, there was a, a horseback element to the camp. And so we started out, the base camp was about 11,000 feet, and we went up to just below 13,000 feet. We called it high country. Now, in order to get from here to there, we had to take the, the kitchen stuff up there. We had to take the capping stuff, and it was too much. There was just no way. A couple thousand feet elevation and a and multi-mile, mile after mile trip. There was no way we could do that. We could not physically do, take all that up there. But thank God there were these pack horses that we would cast that burden on, the, on the, the pack horse, we would put them, then it was no problem for them to walk up with that burden. But we do know something. There was a limit to, the, to what the pack horses could and could not carry. But God, what we can do is we can cast all of things. We're either going to be carrying those, those anxieties or he is. Somebody's going to be carrying the anxieties. So we can cast those or we can try to take them ourselves. We can try to take them ourselves and we can wear out from the process and not make it like we should or we can give everything to him who has no weight limit. There's no burden that you can ever have that you have right now or you ever have that is too great for God to, to carry. So we can cast our burdens and that's one of the things that prayer, that prayer does. Something else is, is we can cast all our anxieties upon God, he says, because he cares for us. That's the reason. Your prayers matter to God because you matter to God. I want you to hear that. Your prayers matter to God, not because you're, you're praying something eloquent, not because you've been to Bible college and you know this all theology and everything. It's because you matter, your prayers matter to God because you matter to God. And I think about that as, as parents. You know, when, you cry, when your, your children cry out to you, you love them and you care about enough to answer that cry, right? If they need something from you, you will answer that because why? Because they're speaking in such a, you know, an eloquent language? No. It's because you love them and you care about them. If they have a problem, you will answer that problem. Why? Because you love them and care about them. I remember one time there was, I was uh, in front of a, a place with about 20 children inside a room, and the, the mother of one of the children was outside with me, and all of a sudden she goes, wait a second, wait a second. She goes, oh, it's okay. That's a happy scream. 
And she could hear her own child in there, 20, 30 kids in there, and she could hear her own child, distinguish that, and then she could care whether it was a, know whether it's a happy cry or a sad cry. And if, if we as parents can do that, do you not think that God can recognize your voice and cares about your voice? In fact, Jesus puts it like this. He said, which of you, if your child asked for bread, would you give him a stone? And if you ask for a fish, would you give him, would you give him a snake? If you then, though are evil... And you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father, your Heavenly Father, give good gifts to those who, who ask? We know how to take care of our kids. And, and, and the, I don't care how much you care about your children. It's just a shadow of God's love and God's care for, for you. Another thing it is, is it's unleashing the power of God. Listen to this verse. And some of us may really never understand that we're in a war. We're in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. And here's what God says about it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we believe that our battle in life is against people and p- things on this, on this earth. Our biggest battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly realms. I mean, think about that. There is a battle going on right now, a spiritual battle going on for your heart. It's going on for your thoughts. There's a battle going on for your marriage. There's a battle going on for your family. There's a battle going on for your children. There's a battle going on for the children of this world. There's a battle going on for this generation. There's a battle going on for this church. There's a battle going on for our nation. There's a battle going on for the world. And if we could just see this spiritual battle for one moment and our eyes could open up and see what's going on all around us, we would take our prayer life to a totally different level, to a whole other level, realizing how serious this, this is and what's at stake in our, in our prayers. I remember one time uh, watching, I love watching history, I love reading history books, and I remember one watching something about the, the, the Nazi invasion of, of Poland uh, back in World War II, or just really at the very start of World War II. And something that was amazing to me is here they came in with this mechanized division the, with the, the Panzers and, and the Blitzkrieg and the, 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 the aircraft and everything. And the Polish at, at first, remember, they, I mean, they weren't prepared for war. They weren't prepared for this kind of war. And I remember watching them go, in, go after these tanks originally with some horses, right? Horse and rider uh, uh, on there. And I'm thinking, you know, you, you, you knew what was going to happen. Guts. They had a 10, man. I mean, 10 plus for going out there with guts. But they were annihilated, just like we would think. Because why? You can't fight a mechanized war with flesh and blood. And I think God's trying to tell us, too, we can't fight a spiritual battle with flesh and blood either. Now, imagine if you were one of the soldiers that you were fighting that battle, and you had a walkie-talkie in your hand, and you, you could talk to your commanding officer who, who, at his disposal, had some modern warfare of an F-22 or cruise missiles or, or predator drones or, or tanks that could, you had much more armor and much more deliverance than, the, than, than those and could wipe them out. I mean, think of that. At that point, what you had was so much greater than what they had. And the Bible says, greater is he that's in you. Don't miss this. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. At our disposal is God Almighty and the heavenly forces and and the angelic armies and everything. And all it is is a walkie-talkie away. All it is is a prayer away to to unleash heaven onto uh, all of hell and the spiritual forces that are coming against us and are coming against our families. Another thing is it's getting our heart tuned with, with God. If you've ever played, you know, an instrument, especially like a, a guitar, you know that you don't have to play it very long before it gets out of tune. And the harder you play it, the quicker it gets out of tune, right? 
And the same thing, you know, life can get us out of tune so quick and so easy. I mean, we can get out of tune from just one day at work. We can get out of tune from something that happens at school. We can get out of tune from something that happens at home. It doesn't take too much, especially when you bump a guitar, it gets out of tune really, really, really quick. And, and to me, what prayer is, I try to have, you know, a prayer time just God and I, not just, the, not just to hang out all day, but a time just with He and I every day, because I get out of tune easy. I mean, that something can, can change my attitude or something can happen, especially if, the, if it bumps me that day. But just doing life can, can get us out of tune, and we need to, to spend some time with God. Something else, I remember reading this incredible story years ago about a, a surgeon that was doing open-heart surgery. And he said he was a Christian surgeon, and he, and he said that it was amazing as he put for a moment the diseased heart uh, next to the, the healthy heart. And for a moment, the one heart is just beating real healthy, and the diseased heart isn't doing it very well at all. But then he said the most amazing thing happened, that suddenly the diseased heart started beating right along with the healthy heart. And again, what a picture of what prayer is. It's, it's, it's that our heart starts beating with God's heart. And sometimes I'll come to him in prayer and my heart isn't beating with his, his heart. And, and suddenly now I start, I start seeing life the way he's seeing it. And I start seeing those people the way he's seeing those people. And I'm seeing my situation the way he's seeing those situations. Our heart can, can start beating with God's heart if we're spending time with him. Something else is it's opening up ourselves to, to hear from God. Prayer was never meant to be just a one-way one, one conversation. It wasn't meant just for, for us to talk and say, God, I need this and this and this and this. Just like any communication, any relationship, it's two ways. We talk, we listen. We talk, we, we listen. And I thought that, you know, that what's some of the things we listen to? We need direction in life, don't we? I mean, we, we're just making this up as we go along, the best of us. We've never been this way before. We only have the, the experience that we've had in this world, which isn't very, very much. And we have decisions to make. We have a decision to make every day of our life. And some of the decisions are little decisions. Some of the decisions are medium decisions. Some of the decisions are, are life-changing decisions. How are you going to make those decisions? How are you going to come to the conclusion of, are you just going to go into the figured-out room and hope you make the best decision? Is it going to be something where, you know, you, you phone a friend? Is it going to be something where you, you, you just try to read up on, Google the situation? Are you trying to, you know, just magic eight ball? Where are you going to do that? But if there's available to us the God of the universe who knows everything about everything, there's nothing, you can, relationships, he knows everything, he created them, finances, he, he designed it, everything, whatever it is, he, he knows the most about it, and he knows exactly, if he knows the number of hairs on your head, he knows how he's going to, your situation is best dealt with. And the thing is that's great about him is when we go into a situation, all of a sudden we get curveballs thrown at us all the time, right? And suddenly there's different situations and, and different circumstances, and, and we have now have to deal with that. God's not thrown by any of those things. He knew about that situation long before it ever came into our, into our life. So we just deal, come, come with, uh, with him to that, with finding direction. And it's perspective. I mean, I mean, God has this heavenly perspective that we don't have. Imagine if you were lost in the woods and you just needed to know which direction. And again, if we're honest, most of us, you know, again, we're just, we're just trying to figure this out on our, on our own. And so, but if we had a walkie-talkie again and there was a helicopter above us 
And the helicopter had that perspective and say, look, here's what you need to do. Just go about 100 feet straight forward, and there's going to be some, a big clop of, uh, of trees. Take a left there, go about a tenth of a mile, you'll find a road. Take a, a road there, you go about a tenth of a mile, there's the ranger station on the, on the left. You're not lost anymore. That perspective changes everything. And again, all we need to do is talk to a God who has the perfect perspective because he's already in our future, and he knows what is, uh, what is best for us. Another thing is that the prayer is, is it's, it's, getting, it's just getting clean. It's just getting clean. That, uh, that same horse camp that, we, that I was talking about, one time it rained for four days on that horse camp. If you've ever been on a wet horse for four days, it's miserable. I mean, it was just terrible. There was mud everywhere. We couldn't sleep. Our sleeping bags were wet. Our, our clothes were wet. There's just mud, 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 mud. And if you've ever been on a wet horse, you start smelling like a wet horse, right? And there were mosquitoes that came up to us and said, I'm not touching that thing, right? And I've, I mean, that shower that I took that night was, it was so memorable. I can remember it today. Just, just getting clean was so amazing and so wonderful. And you know, that's what, what prayer is too. It's just being real with God and saying, God, I blew it. God, forgive me for this. And it's just getting real with God and getting honest with God. And God says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David in Psalm 32, he basically said, you know what? It really stunk being, being not you before I came to God and said, here's my sin. But afterwards, man, it just felt so good. And it just feels good to be clean and be real with God. And that's part of prayer as well. And finally, too, is just thanks, uh, thanking and praising God. It's, you know, one of the biggest reasons I'm so thankful to be a Christian and not to be an atheist or an agnostic is I can't imagine being one of those and not knowing who to thank when a blessing came in your life or not knowing just blown away by something that happened, a rainbow or, you know, something like that and just go, whoa, God, you're so incredible, you're so awesome. And I think that, I'll just be honest with you, God's taken me to different places in, in, in this prayer thing. I mean, for me, it seems like a graduate level, you know, a thing of kindergarten. This is, prayer is about as simple as you get, but God keeps taking me deeper in, in some of the most simple things. And here's what I, I want to do. I want to spend way more time, I'd love to spend like a third of my prayer time just thanking Him. Just thanking Him, just praising Him for things He's already done, for who He is and everything. Just focus on God and then focus on the things of the course of just you know, of giving Him my needs and, 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 and casting my cares upon Him. But I'd love to spend again a third, I'd love to just be in the discipline of just spending a third of the time just listening for His voice. Just saying, God, what do you, even what do you want me to pray about? God, and just, just listening to him. And I just, that's where he's taking me. Maybe he's taking you to, to listen more. Maybe he's taking you to praise more. Maybe he's taking you to pray more. I don't know what it is. Here's the thing, too. I, it's just, again, it's just hanging out with God. I love to eat. I do. I enjoy eating. And I don't just eat because it's healthy for me. And I know it's healthy for me. I know I have to eat in order to stay healthy and, and stay strong and everything. I know it's, it's best for me. But I also eat because I just flat out enjoy, I enjoy the taste of food. I enjoy the whole process of sitting down and everything. And I get this from my dad. Uh, there was my dad and then there was my brother, and they were completely different. My brother, just all he did is eat just to survive. He would eat as fast as he possibly could. I would put his speed on eating against any canine I know, Right? And there's, I don't care, I have no idea why he ate anything expensive ever because the taste buds could never tell what just went flying down the gullet. He ate that fast. But my dad on the other side, man, he just lingered in a meal. He'd take chicken and it was like, I mean, he would just, oh, there's some good chicken. And don't even talk to me about steak. He would, man, it was a religious experience for him to eat steak. And here's, here's the thing. 
we don't do it to pray. We can pray, you know, because we know what we're supposed to do it, and we know it's healthy for us and everything. But man, my prayer, my, when it's my favorite, is just when I linger with God, and I just, I taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? And just tasting and seeing, hanging out with, uh, with, with God. And so the, I, I came across a, a story that I thought was just good to, to end with. And especially for those, maybe you're here today and you're listening and, and you've never really prayed and you're wondering, is this even weird to even get started? And things, we have a lot of brand new Christians in our, in our midst. We have some prayer warriors that are just incredible in our, our midst and everything in between. But you've never really prayed before. It's kind of like riding a bike. Anything new is kind of weird when you first do it. But once you get going for a little while, it becomes more natural and more natural. And pretty soon you don't even think about it anymore. And pretty soon you can't even think about living life with, uh, without it. So just start doing it. The way you learn to pray is to, is to pray, right? And so here's a, a story especially for, for you and for everybody else. There was an old man who was dying of cancer. The man's daughter had asked the local priest to come and pray for her father. When the priest arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on the two pillows and an empty chair beside his bed. The priest assumed that the old fellow had been informed of his visit. I guess you were expecting me, he said. No, who are you? I'm the new associate of your parish, the priest, uh, the priest replied. When I saw the empty chair, I figured you knew I was going to show up. Oh, yeah, the chair, said the bedridden man. Would you mind closing the door? Puzzled, the priest shut the door. I've never told anyone this, not, not even my daughter, said the man. But all my life, I've never known how to pray. At the Sunday Mass, I used to, to hear the pastor talk about prayer, and it always went straight over my head. I abandoned any attempt to pray. And old, the old man continued, until one day about four years ago, my best friend said to me, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest. Sit down on a chair, place an empty chair in front of you, and in faith, just see Jesus in that chair. It's not spooky because he promised I'll always be with you. Then just speak to him and listen in the same way that you're doing to me right now. So Father, I tried it. I've liked it so much that I do it a couple hours every day since then. I'm careful, though. If my daughter saw me uh, talking to an empty chair, she'd either have a nervous breakdown or send me off to the funny farm. The priest was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old guy to continue on the journey. Then he prayed with him, anointed him with oil, and returned to the rectory. Two nights later, his daughter called to tell the priest that her daddy had died that afternoon. Did he seem to die in peace, he asked. Yes, when I left the house around 2 o'clock, he called me over to his bedside and told me one of his corny jokes and kissed me on the cheek. When I got back from the store an hour later, I found him dead. But there was something strange, Father. There was, in fact, it was beyond strange. It was kind of weird. Apparently, just before Daddy died, he leaned over and rested his head on a chair beside his bed. Prayer is simply being real with God. And here's the thing. Praying real people, praying real prayers, can make a real difference and has real power. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.